Divine Shepherd Lutheran Church and School in Blackhawk, South Dakota, is happy to share God's Word preached for you by Pastor Randy Sturzenbecker. We pray that you will rejoice in Christ crucified and resurrected for you. The waters of baptism, the Lord's Supper, and the forgiveness of sins, all for you, from Jesus. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and just decrees that I commanded him at Horeb for all of Israel. Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with the decree of utter destruction. This is the word of the Lord. Please read along with me the catechetical review found in the middle of your bulletin. It's the third petition. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does this mean? The good and gracious is done even without our prayer. But we pray in this petition that it may be done among us also. How is God's will done? God's will is done when he breaks and hinders every evil plan and purpose of the devil. The world and our sinful nature, which do not want us to hail God's name or let his kingdom come. And when he strengthens and keeps us firm in his word and faith until we die. This is his good and gracious will. The epistle reading for this morning comes from Romans chapter 15, verses 4 through 13. Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus that, therefore, you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promise given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written... Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to you your name. And again, it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the people extol him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesus will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, 
so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to Luke chapter 21. Jesus said, There will be signs in sun and moon and stars, and on the earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. And he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out in leaf, you see for yourselves and know that the summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap, for it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. This is the Gospel of our Lord. We make bold confession of our Christian faith this morning found in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets, And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. 
And I looked for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated. I'd ask the children to come down front and join me over here at this Christmas tree over on this side of the church. Good morning. (laughs) I know. It's pretty, isn't it? Look at all the stuff that's on there. Isn't that nice? I know it. The folks that um yeah, the people that the people that, that decorated the tree this year, they did a really nice job of it. It's really pretty. But there's some stuff that's missing. So I wanted to talk to you guys about something, some things that are really cool. And we're gonna put these, we're gonna hang these on the tree here this morning, okay? These are called Christmans, okay? Christmans. Well, I'm gonna tell you about them a little bit. So these yeah. They are Christmas ornaments. That's exactly right. So these are special ornaments that remind us of Jesus and what he and what he did for us. Now look at a few of these. First of all, I'll show you let's let's start with this one here. What does that look like? Cross. Yeah, that's a cross. It's actually called a Celtic cross because it has that circle in there too. So that cross with that circle reminds us of what does a circle remind us of? In, God. Yeah, God. That's right. Because a circle is eternal, right? A circle goes on forever. It has no beginning and it has no end, right? That's that's God. Now look at this one, you guys. This one's really cool. What does that look like to you? Yeah. So right. So so that right. It looks like a PX. So in, in Greek, actually, this is, this is Cairo, that, that P is pronounced like an R, and then this, this X sounds like C, like, so when you like, put those together, you have C-R, like, so when you say that together, we know that those, that's the beginning of the word Christ, Cairo, so that reminds us of Jesus. Who is the Christ, who is the one that came to save us from our sins. Yeah. God, that's right. How about this one? What does that look like? Anchor. It's an anchor. So this is one that reminds us that we're anchored, we're anchored in, in the faith that we have in Jesus. Okay. How about there's a couple more. How about this one? That's a fish. That's a fish. So in Greek, that's called ictus. This has been a sign of Christians for a long, long time. Okay, and this, this also reminds us that uh, the, other, the other connection that we have with this is that some of the first disciples were fishermen, right? Fishermen, they were fishermen, yeah. yeah. And they caught lots of fish. They caught lots they, of fish, they, that's they right. They only tried two times, but they didn't. Now here's one more, and I can't remember the name of it. It's a tri... Anybody know? Triangle. Yeah, well, it, yeah, but yeah, so we've got three circles. Look at that in there. You see that? Yeah. So this reminds us of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and how the three are one, okay? Now let's go ahead. Why don't we, here you go. Would you like to hang one of these on the tree for me? Why don't you take that one? Why don't you take this one? Okay, 
Why don't you hang that one? Find a branch over there to hang that on. And I got one more. Why don't you, with your sister, why don't you guys do that together, okay? Why don't you hang them up and then we'll, we're going we're gonna to pray here in just a minute. What? That's fine. That's great. That's a good place for it. You guys do a nice job decorating the tree. That looks very nice. Very good. Well, we thank God that all of these symbols point us to him and remind us of what he's done for us, that he gave us salvation and he forgives us of our sins. Yeah, I know. There's a lot up, a lot up there. Well, shall we pray? Let's pray. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus we thank you that you came into the world And you, and you were born, and you were born so, that you could die on the cross, so that you could die on the cross, so that we would have forgiveness of sins, and the gift of eternal life, and the gift of eternal life in, you. in you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us, and delivering that gift in our baptisms. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Thanks, guys. Good job. We continue with our sermon hymn.
Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your salvation comes. The Lord will cause his majestic voice to be heard, and you shall have gladness of heart. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, people of Zion, we are now here in the second week of Advent, and we as the holy people of God, we continue to anticipate the coming of our Lord. We long for the day when we will have no more sickness, no more suffering, no more pain, no more sorrow, for the old will pass away, and behold, all things will become new. Well, in the gospel reading for today, these are actually for us wonderful words of promise and hope as God's people. The sure hope that his word has promised that he will return and on that day he will make all things new. Christ will come in glory to complete his story of redemption for his people, for those that belong to him. And we are sure we are confident because of these promises that we have in his word that we will be with him on that day. The mortal will take on immortality. We'll take a look around at the, our beautiful church today. The poinsettias were just delivered this week, just a few days ago. They're new and they're fresh. They're beautiful. Look at these beautiful Christmas trees adorned with all of these various ornaments and all the other decorations that we have around here. The blue pyramids that tell us in the rhythm of the church year that we are, we are in the season of Advent. But dear saints, as much as we enjoy these things from year to year, eventually all of this, these things, all of this stuff goes away and it's temporary and it will not last. All of this pales in comparison to what awaits us someday. But in the meantime, we have the sure hope and promise of the word of God for Jesus says this, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. In our Luke text, Jesus' time of his passion is drawing near as he and his disciples are now in Jerusalem. And just as we admire our beautifully adorned church and decorations, some here with Jesus at that time were admiring the craftsmanship of the temple, the, stone, the stones and the offerings and all of its furnishings. And Jesus said this, As for these things that you see, the days will come when there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. In response, the disciples asked him this question, Jesus, when will these things be and what will be the sign when these things are about to take place? And what does he say? And this is where we find ourselves in the gospel today. Jesus says, There will be signs and sun and moon and stars and on the earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with great power and great glory. Now when these things take place, lift your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Well, things seem to be becoming more unglued with each passing year. 
Just this week, the world's largest volcano on one of the Hawaiian islands erupted. There was a 4.0 magnitude earthquake in central California again Friday morning. We've seen many, many hurricanes again this year. They seem to be more common, more prevalent. Mass destruction by tidal waves, tornado, tornadoes, and all manner of other weather events. It's creation crying out, yearning for the return of our Lord. And there are many in our science community that believe that we, since we are the cause of this, we can fix it. And that if only we enact more legislation to protect more things, this or that, we can save the planet. With their idol of science, they think that every phenomenon can be simply explained in either this way or that. But this is what happens when mankind does not acknowledge that from the beginning until this time, the creator of the heavens and earth has kept everything in balance in his benevolence. And at some point he will allow things to become unhinged as he withdraws his hands from maintaining the delicate balance. For what many stubborn unbelievers fail to see is that there is an expiration date for the earth. And that is the great day of the Lord's return. For God has said so in his holy word. So for you and me, we can easily be caught up in this world narrative of fear. That there is really no one watching over us. That God is not involved in his creation. And that we are left here on our own to fend for ourselves in some way. We then are tempted to be weighed down with the heaviness, the burdens, the anxiety of life and doubt his promises for us. Tempted to fear because we have the idea that Christ's return is even for our judgment, for his people. And we don't want to rely on his promises in his word, but oftentimes take matters into our own hands. It's difficult to wait to watch and to pray, anticipating his coming, which is what we do at this time, all the time, especially during the season of Advent. But take heart, dear saints, because these signs for you and for me as baptized saints of God should instead remind us of how faithful God is to his word. For you and me, this gives us great comfort and hope. His word revives our hearts and reminds us that we have forgiveness now. So lift up your heads, straighten up. The time of your redemption is near. We heard the words of the prophet Malachi this morning, the last chapter of the Old Testament. We hear this, for behold, the day is coming burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all the evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. Boy, that paints a wonderful picture of hope and joy for God's people. A calf after the long winter being released 
from the stall, going out into the pasture, hopping, jumping, leaping for joy. So happy to be freed from these confines. How it is for us then, dear saints. For on that day too, we will be released from the confines of sins and death. Finally, nevermore, instantly transformed and changed in our resurrected bodies. To be in the joy and peace of the Lord forevermore. So when we see these things, these signs taking place, we rejoice because we know the time of our redemption is very near. In Romans today, our epistle reading, Paul reminds us that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. And what scriptures does he refer to? David bore witness at the beginning and end of his life with these words. He said, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. Part of Moses' last words were, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And in the Psalms we find, and all over the Psalms, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. And finally, in Isaiah, the root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope. David, Moses, Isaiah, and the Psalms all bearing witness to the hope that we have as God's people, the nations of the world. For Christ is the light revealed to the nations and the glory of his people Israel. And his light, dear saints, has shined upon us this is the one come to save us from our sins. But it's not that glorious day, just that, that we yearn for and we look forward to. We remember that he is here with us today, in this place now, in this place and time. For we have the revelation of Christ here in his holy word. The revelation that you have received forgiveness of all your trespasses and sins. We live in that forgiveness today, now. Christ loved us so much that he came to be born in this lowly manger so that he would fulfill the sacrifice needed once for all for the forgiveness of sins. We have that today. We have that now. He is here now with us in his holy supper. We have all we need in his word and sacrament. He sustains and nourishes us. Now, in this place, so that we will be prepared and with expectant joy, we anticipate his glorious return. The now, but the not yet. And finally, in the text, Jesus warns us here today to watch yourselves lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life. And that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. If we but trust in God and his promises, if we are faithful to his word, we have nothing to fear, dear saints. We will not fall away. We will not become idle. Luther says this, and since we know that Christ will bring the final judgment, we should earnestly pray for this day. Fear and uncertainty should drive us to his word 
and his promises for us. So today, rejoice, O daughter of Zion. Behold, your salvation comes. We stand before him as his children, bought by his precious blood, redeemed, and he calls us his own. And we will stand before him on that great and glorious last day, when the heavens, the foundations, the earth shake, and the last trumpet sounds, because he has promised this in his holy word. The word that never passes away. He comes to fulfill his promises. He is with us here, his bride, his church, today. He continues to strengthen and keep you in the one true faith until that glorious day of his return. So we can say with confident hearts and faith in the risen Savior, Come Lord Jesus, come quickly. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen.